to truly believe in the magic. Hey Magic fans, I'm Mikey and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Magic and Orlando Magic Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be joined by the host or one of the hosts of Penny and Pops Podcast, Adam Papagiorgio, to recap the wins over the Pacers, Raptors, Nuggets and Celtics. How the Orlando Magic are going to integrate Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. once they return from injury. And we're going to look ahead to this week's games. Uh, today's episode is brought to you in association with Attraction Tickets. They are the UK's number one attraction ticket and theme park hotel provider for Disney, SeaWorld and Universal Studios. They also sell Orlando Magic tickets at competitive prices. So when you're planning your next holiday to Orlando, check out Attraction Tickets using our link in the description to purchase your tickets to all of Orlando's major theme parks, attraction shows and sporting events. Take a breath. At the time of recording, uh, there are also multiple Black Friday deals available, including 10% off of US hotels and tickets and more. You can also visit our website, letstalkmagic.com, for all of our affiliate links and discount codes, including the NBA store and Fanatics. Okay, before we get on to the rest of the show, let's bring in my two co-hosts this evening. The Hoff, how are we, my friend? Have you had a good week? Pretty decent, mate. Um, busy, busy. I've actually been working, which uh, I know doesn't happen that often. That's rare. A, yeah. a retired gentleman, but um, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy week. Uh, I've been covering school exams, so uh, they've tried to cram what was supposed to be over a three week period into eight days. So there's been some quite long days, and uh, yeah, it's been good. Enjoyed it though. So I've made all the better by what we're going to be talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Hawaii the lads, Gary, how are you, my friend? It's been all right, hasn't it, this week? It's it's not it's been an it's been an above average week, I'd say. Yeah, it's been above five hundred, I would say. <laughs> Fine, how are you, mate? Yeah, all good, all good, my friend. Six game win streak. We're gonna get into that shortly. Before we continue, we'd like to give a shout out to our patrons as we do every week who help support the show. So thank you to Ollie Law, Gary Clark, Angus Craig, Dylan Holden, Alan Kane, Tom Sone, Mark Joss, Sean Moore, Drummy Drum Drum, Paolo and Franz Warmth, Leon Radbourne, Andy Lindley and Stuart Benzies. And thank you to everyone who helps support the show. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, we've got three tiers available with varying benefits. So visit patreon.com forward slash Let's Talk Magic to join today. Now let's jump into the rest of the show with our special guest, Adam Papagiorgio. Okay, Magic fans, uh, we are excited to be joined by one of the hosts of the Penny and Pops podcast, formerly uh, Magic Basketball Online as well and a big Orlando Magic fan, and certainly someone whose opinions and, and ideas I respect on on Twitter for, for a long, long time. Adam, welcome to Let's Talk Magic. How are you? And thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, I'm doing wonderful. I've, I've been looking forward to being on the show for a while, and I'm just really glad to be on here. Big fan of just everything you guys have been doing, the progress that the show and the pod have, have made, uh, has been making so far. And I'm just ready to talk Magic Basketball with you guys. Let's do it. Let's do it's it. Exciting Absolutely. times to talk magic basketball. Absolutely. So, Adam, for those who are listening, can you tell us a bit about you and how you became a magic fan? Well, I am. Uh, I'm Adam Papa Giorgio. I am 
born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Uh, the team, the franchise is as old as me. I'm 35 years old. This is our 35th season. And basically I've been a fan since I could put memories together. Um, you know, I've lived through the Shaq and Penny years when I was six, seven, eight years old around there, which for most people, they won't remember much from that time, but I remember plenty uh, watching those games and then progressing into the T-Mac era and then basically living through all like those, those great Dwight years. But we've, uh, you know, we've had this slump a little bit here, arguably over the past decade. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, with me, it expanded kind of with the internet and with uh, my fandom did as far as being on message boards. Like I used to be on these ESPN message boards back in like the mid two thousands. Then magic madness came around. It was a magic forum, real GM as a magic forum. Um, and then eventually kind of Twitter really took off around like 2010, 2011 really was when it really picked up. Uh, and then for me, I, got an opportunity back in 2012, right, just right after Dwight Howard had left Orlando to, uh, from Brian Sarah, who was the owner of magic basketball online to essentially as my dog is barking in the background, but, uh, you know, to basically take over a uh, magic basketball online. Uh, and I ran the site for about five years. Uh, so I went to a lot of magic games, uh, you know, throughout all this time span, you know, I've had this podcast, uh, you know, podcast has technically been around since 2009, though you can't really find much evidence of it because it's lived on like YouTube <laughs> and other other like platforms and whatnot. Um, I think the oldest episodes you can find from the Penny and Pops podcast are like 2016. So around like the Scott Skiles era. But, uh, you know, I kept the pod going. Uh, I kept the website going uh, through about 2017 and then just work got in the way. I went to go get my master's uh, degree, my MBA uh, from the University of Central Florida go nights. Uh, and you know, along the way, I've still wanted to keep the podcast together and I do the pod with my best friend, Spencer Strode, who is nicknamed Penny, who Penny Hardaway is my favorite magic player of all time. So it just kind of works with the Penny and pops podcast pops being one of like a million nicknames that I've had over my life. But, uh, you know, we, you know, we're not as active as some of, you know, your, you know, as like your podcast or some other podcasts, like we'll usually do, you know, maybe one or two episodes a, a month, but it's fun for us. Like the day turns into like a job is when we'll stop basically for us, yeah. but we like having fun with it. And we have unique takes because I mean, we've been, you know, he's been my best friend since we were 14, 15 years old and we've seen a ton of magic games. I, I couldn't keep track of how many hundreds of magic games we've we've been to and how many hundreds more games that we've seen you know uh but yeah i if you can't tell just i i've seen a lot of games i'm almost like a orlando magic historian at this point and uh yeah like i said i always get excited when i talk to especially like international magic fans like you guys um i've run into magic fans in italy and greece just globally worldwide i've, I've seen magic fans everywhere and it's, it's always fun when you see like a random piece of like mid 90s magic gear out in the streets because there's always a story behind it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Adam, we're going to obviously jump in and talk about the games very shortly, but I want to get your quick opinion on what's the buzz around Orlando like right now compared to, say, the Dwight era, because it's been a long time since it's felt like this. So we haven't reached, like, 09-2010 territory yet, Um you know, it's funny with the Dwight era, you know, we, we had the disappointing kind of tw uh, playoff exit in 2011 to the mm -hmm. Hawks. And then we had the tumultuous like 2012 season where we had the injuries and we had that crazy series with Indiana. But I, I would say it's it's up there around like 2011 times where 
this this fandom is just really really like they know this team has no ceiling at the moment like they can be a contender sooner rather than later if i can equate equate like the magic team to a prior magic team i say it's kind of like the 2006 2007 magic where it was like dwight and jameer's third season like hito still kind of new to the team it's the summer before richard lewis joins the team where you've got these really really good players you know you have you you have a really really high ceiling of what you can be but i mean from an excitement perspective it's it's nothing that's been seen in the past 12 13 years basically i would say around there um and then combine that too with just other successful orlando sports things going on like there's an orlando city soccer big playoff game going on tonight that i'll be going to as well so sports wise like orlando is it's it's on the rise it's really really on the rise just like this team is and there's just a big buzz when you've beaten the defending champion Denver Nuggets and then two nights later you beat the Boston Celtics, another huge contending team, and you're on a six-game win streak. It's tough not to get excited. Like we don't have we haven't had a lot of six-game win streaks over the past decade. You know, let's just put it that way. But I don't know. Do you guys feel the buzz uh, from from where you guys are at a little bit amongst your uh, amongst your fellow uh, Magic uh, brethren? I don't know. I think the the only thing we can say is that we just we cannot wait to get to sit down and watch the game last night the game actually being a 7:30 uk tip time 2:30 in orlando there but us to all sit as a uk community and watch the game together and be able to you know converse through twitter or sorry x um through discord through whatsapp just talking about the game and living it as fans together as one it was it's the it's the closest we can have at this moment to being in the arena and it helped build that atmosphere i i hear from uh people who were in the arena last night that the atmosphere was absolutely hopping um to the point where it kind of got a bit feisty between a few fans that, at various points um understandably so uh but yeah, this the excitement is there, and God, it's killing me not being there. Absolutely killing me. Which is the best analogy I can give for for how much excitement there is. It's killing me not being there. It's okay, Paul. I call it Twitter too. I'll still keep calling it Twitter for a while anyway. <laughs> but on, I was you. I was at the Boston game last night. There was uh, it, it's very good when there's kind of now a bit of a feistiness. Whereas before, it's just kind of like most Magic fans would be really quiet over this past decade. Um, now there's kind of some pushback. Like, even though there was a lot of green, there was like a lot of Celtics fans, it wasn't as much as it's been over the past decade, per se. So um, part of that's just we just have a lot of transplants from, you know, the Northeast that have moved down here. And some of those Celtics fans are magic season ticket holders. Like, they're magic fans, except yep. when the Celtics come to town. Like, there's just a small population where that's just always going to happen. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth. My favorite gift that was like floating around was the uh, one Celtic fan walking up out. I think he was wearing a Marcus Smart jersey, but there's an yeah. older Magic fan from a suite just waving bye to him. And <laughs> that's the best part. And I mean, that's that that all came from Jalen Suggs waving bye to everybody with with one of the daggers, basically. But um, yeah, I can remember there was I, I was sending 116 uh, across from the from where the Boston bench would be. But there was this guy in the Porzingis jersey about three rows from, from courtside who would just not stop being obnoxious and getting getting excited. And 
I wanted to run down to him around the fourth quarter and be like, hey, man, your guy's out with like a left calf injury. Like you need to sit down because you're getting killed by double digits right now. So but um, that's fine. He he walked out in shame. So it worked out. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of that last season when we were in for the Golden Skate game. Mike that's an understatement, there. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we had. I, I, all I can just, all I can say is that other Warriors fans that were around us were happy to see the Warriors lose because of this woman that was in front of us. She was obnoxious, man. Um, and and we let her know about we, it. We we let her know. We let her know, <laughs> and we very much enjoyed giving her bye <laughs> as you were walking out. Um, Gary and I were in for the opening night against the Celtics last season okay. where there was a lot of green. And we ex- we were talking to Magic season ticket holders who on that night were wearing Celtics jerseys. Uh, yeah. And they just, just for that one game. Um, I mean, I still, I've, I know I've told the story before of being in the Amway on uh, St. Patrick's Day and we were playing the Boston Celtics and it was like, Wow. I'm in. The, I'm in the wrong color jersey here. Completely. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, St. Yeah. Patty's Day, Celtics ah. game. That's tough, man. That's tough. Wow, <laughs> and they absolutely blitzed us. <laughs> it's like it couldn't have been a worse night out. It was one of those. Hey, it's what it is. But I, I'm desperate to be in the arena for beating Boston. Just to be able well, to and by. especially for you guys, you know, whenever you're not over here in Orlando to watch the games, like you're up middle of the night or having to wait till early the next morning probably to watch these games yeah. and you guys have been doing this for a decade and it's it's basically you've put in your time uh you know we, we had we had two playoff se- seasons but you know obviously we all knew kind of either secretly or just more it, it was more known that there was just a cap on on those on those Vooch teams yeah. basically whereas now this is just completely different because we've got at least one superstar and at least another all-star and they're 22 and 21 years old and just the sky's the limit right now. But yeah, I mean, especially for you guys across the pond that have put in so much time and so many sleepless nights and whatnot, just watching us like lose by 30 for so many nights or whatever, you know, during, during numerous rebuilds at the, you know, over the past decade, this is kind of a bit of a payoff at the moment. There's it's still early days and, they still got to start building that consistency as a team right now because we're so young. We're the third, fourth, you know, youngest team in the league. But you're seeing that kind of progress right now. Yeah, Gary, you're you were telling me this morning because you sat and watched the game with your dad, who's yeah. who's a Magic fan, but not not somebody who's not I wouldn't say fully bought in, but doesn't take as much, yeah. doesn't have as much time to follow it like we do. But he said it best, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of just said about people not respecting the team. And it, we, I think it's interesting because he hasn't got the full skin in the game. So he's kind of like, he likes the magic. He holidays in Orlando. He's got a couple of magic jerseys. He's been to a couple of games with me before. And he was excited because it was the early tip-off. And he's like, come and watch the game. I won't get into the fact that he ate my curry before I got there. That's a... <laughs> that's a uh, <laughs> I told you when you said that last night. What did I say? I'd be asking to be adopted. Oh, I was. I got, I was going in the door. And he had this look on his face. I was like, "Is everything all right?" And he went, "Yeah, you know those curries there." And I was like, "Yeah." And he just went, "Yeah, I ate it." And I was like, oh, well, I'd have been out of the door. I was like, I had a slice of toast watching the game. I was like, "This is wow. good." But, um, after the game, when it, they had like the post game and such on, and he kind of just said, "You know, Orlando keeps beating." 
all of these teams who are good teams, when are people just going to sit there and acknowledge that Orlando are a good team? And he's not bought into the media narratives. Um, he doesn't know who Eddie House is, for example. Uh, to be honest, I don't think Eddie House's next door neighbour knows who Eddie House is, but he kind of like, he doesn't have any of that. And he just kind of, who have they got to beat before people realise they're beating these teams because they're amongst those teams and they are good as well. And I think that's, pretty accurate really when you consider who we've taken down this season and who's been part of this particularly the last two games I thought I thought it was great that Brian Scalabrini threw him under the bus last night <laughs> in their post game that was just as good but um yeah no Adam the energy over here is just I mean we're, we're feeling it just as much as you guys um I, I keep releasing my inner Jalen Suggs every every morning at half or five o'clock. I even hurt my shoulder the other day. Paul, Paul <laughs> knows what I'm like when I go to a game. I'm a little bit excitable, beating uh, my chest. <laughs> the the we went when we were in the playoffs in 2019. We came over. Mikey showed me his chest after game three, and it was black and blue. <laughs> from the fourth quarter comeback where he's just yeah. been beating his chest and it there was you could see the 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 knuckle marks where he'd been bashing himself where he'd been hitting himself absolutely <laughs> mental and game 4 even when we were down and out you were still up like a screaming banshee <laughs> yeah i was uh, i was at that game 3 and uh that atmosphere as you guys know was was pretty crazy that's probably the loudest amway center you know, Amway Center has been around since 2010, you know, that's, or 2011, what, yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Amway Center, that's the loudest that, that it's ever been, I think, was probably that that Raptors game three. So um, it's getting close to that again slowly here. Like if, if we get another playoff series uh, here this coming season, or this coming uh, summer here, if we get a, another postseason trip, we, we might challenge that. Yeah, well. It's certainly looking that way. Uh, so a week has passed since we last recorded on Friday last week. The Magic, as you probably know, have gone 4-0, beating the Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, Denver Nuggets, and Boston Celtics. So the Magic are 11-5, second in the Eastern Conference on a six-game winning streak. Uh, Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. both remain out. Um, and the only other little bit of side news before we get into the game is Jet Howard was assigned to the G League earlier this week to get some playing time for the Osceola Magic. In his debut, he dropped 34 points, seven rebounds, and made seven threes against the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Uh, guys, did you watch his highlights? What did you think? I haven't, I'll be honest. So, <laughs> over to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the highlights. Like well, he dropped thirty four in the first game, and I think he he had his second game last night. Actually, I think he only had like eight points or something like that. It was single okay. digits, so he's he struggled in the second game. But yeah, I saw the highlights. Uh, Rio Grande, from what I've seen historically, they they just they like shootouts, and and that was a shootout. You know, the Magic had quite a comeback in that game. And look, you want Jed Howard to just kind of get his confidence up, get a bunch of shooting reps up. You know, you know he's capable of putting up big numbers if he gets enough shots um whether defense was the reason why he wasn't getting minutes under Jamal Mosley with with the parent club you know maybe maybe not um that was the case but you just want to see him get his reps up and if he's not going to see the court for you know for Orlando then you want to see him at least get a lot of reps for the G League team yeah it's a, uh, it's it's a, a nice move 
Yeah. It's a good move to do it for him. Give give the lads the opportunity to get some confidence. And it's a nice luxury to have that we can send our 11th pick to the G League because he's not really going to see time. But um, there we go. So uh, before, let's discuss the week that was then. So six game winning streaks starting with the Indiana Pacers game. So we beat the best offense in the league on, I think it was Sunday last week. The Magic scored 78 points in the first half and led by as many as 40. Starting with Adam, were you surprised the Magic kept the Pacers offense quiet for so long? And what was your overall thoughts on that win? I mean, I definitely was because it's, it's hard to win in Indiana. That was the Pacers' first home sellout was that game. And they, and unfortunately they saw an awful game from, from a Pacers perspective, but <laughs> um, I mean, this, this magic, you know, this magic defense is proving really quickly that it, this isn't kind of a, a flash in the pan. Like this defense is, is pretty elite right now. And, you know, it may be some rust had kicked in a little bit for Indiana. You know, they were off for like five days. They hadn't played a game. You know, the yep. Pacers hadn't played a game in five days, whereas the Magic obviously were in the middle of their of their road trip. And um, I, I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't. And the Magic are proven that they can beat anyone anywhere. There isn't a team around the league that they can't beat, you know, during a regular season at least. Um, and... I don't know. I, I wasn't surprised, but was there, were any of you guys surprised? I mean, obviously it's shocking when, what was it? It was a 42 to 21 first quarter magic league lead after one. And they, you held, you hold the Pacers to 44 points. I think it was for, for the first half, I believe as a whole. And seeing that. And then two nights later, Indiana drops like 157 points on the Hawks, you know, to go from holding them to, you know, 116, which honestly, if we didn't have the third string out there, it, they would have had much fewer points than 116 yeah. Yeah. to then them going for 157. That's that's not a coincidence, I don't think. I don't know. Were you guys surprised? I wasn't. I'm not going to say I was surprised at us taking the win. Um, I think I don't expect I didn't expect us to have a 40 point lead that we had at one point. Mm -hmm. I think it was. I I I. I would be lying if I said I was expecting us to do that. No, yeah, um, for sure. But that that was just three quarters of I think I'd use the phrase complete basketball in in the following game preview where we're looking back at the uh Pacers game. Those tw opening 24 minutes were spectacular. A pretty pretty basketball to watch. Offense uh, defensively so intense um and the the rhythm that they found on offense was just beautiful to watch some great ball movement loved it absolutely loved it i like the jill and Suggs confirmed that he watches this pod afterwards when he said um irresistible force and movable object i was like that was what was said on the podcast so i was like <laughs> 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 but um i think with that that the, the Obviously, it was for me. It was what the I went in. I thought the first quarter is going to tell us a lot about this game in my mind when I was watching it. So when I sat down and where it opened up, and I was like, whichever team settles in a rhythm first is going to tell you who's got the big advantage in this game. Whether is their offense so much better than our like defense? Which one's going to dominate? And it was just clear within the first few minutes, Indiana's got a problem, and Tyrese Halliburton comes off as a pretty classy guy. And I thought even in the press conference after the game, he was rattled. You know, and that's a testament to the defensive end and also a testament to really what Jalen Suggs did 
to Tyrese Halliburton in that game. Um, basically just went in and punched the entire state of Indiana in the face, I think would be uh, how I would <laughs> sum up what Jalen Suggs did that night. But yeah, unreal. Absolutely unreal. And yeah. just two turnovers in that first half. Yeah. Big, big half that was. Absolutely. And, and shout out to Goga Batadze, who I don't think any of us even envisioned that he would have this sort of impact stepping in for, for Wendell since he, he was called upon. But he certainly came out big in that Indiana game because he wanted revenge, didn't he? But um, yeah, good start I, to the week. I also think in that game, mm-hmm. you've got to, sh- got to say uh, how well Joe Ingles did. Mm. With um, three steals, was it three steals and six assists? The guy produced yep. a, a a strong game, um, and he does so much that doesn't get anywhere on the box score. He's just the that guy who's appreciate him, Paul. It, <laughs> that is so that is so good, Cole. That absolutely floored me. His post game interview there. Joe Ingalls and the grandkids, great name for the bench, <laughs> brilliant. But yeah, he does so much that doesn't get seen. And if all you're doing is looking at the box score, then you don't think Joe Ingalls is necessarily producing. But he, uh, in the same way as you've got Mo Wagner as one of those players that you don't necessarily want to play against, Joe Ingalls is that same guy. That well, and those were the two guys that we signed, basically, where it's like, you know, you get Joe Ingalls on essentially a one-year $11 million deal, and everybody's looking around like, who, who's giving Joe Ingles $11 million? But I've been the biggest Joe Ingles fan since that signing. Like, I've been riding that that Joe Ingles bandwagon. And during this win streak, you know, finally Magic fans are kind of getting around. Like, in, you know, we didn't mention Joe Ingles didn't even score in this game. He didn't have to score. He, he had those steals. He had those assists. But, you know, his impact on the bench with the officials, with everybody around, like, he settles this team down. Um, I'm personally happy that we have another, I have a, a magic player that's older than me that's on the team. Um, but I'm just a huge Joe Ingles fan. And then with Mo Wagner, you know, he was one of the other few kind of signings that we had where we kept him for, for two years, $60 million. And again, there's people looking around like, did we have to give, did he get a brother disc you know, or a brother kind of increase in salary there with the 8 million a season, but it's, it's working out for both of them for sure. The substitute teacher. The substitute teacher, that's so good. We'll get into that in a minute, though. So uh, on Tuesday, the Magic then blown out the Toronto Raptors, 126 to 107, to go two and one in the in-season tournament. As we saw, the, we saw the best of Jalen Suggs flying around all over the floor, diving for loose balls, hyping up the crowd, finding his inner Mikey, uh, yelling, spitting all over the place. and Spittle down the chin. Absolutely, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Paul, these were... Two teams who matched up quite similar in terms of numbers and offensive rate and defensive numbers. Um, but what stood out to you in that Raptors game? What we did to the Raptors. Uh, teams do not do it to them. Um, we held Toronto to just nine fast break points. And uh, as I wrote, 36 points in the paint. They are two of their super strengths that that team have like Toronto or not they do have ability in those areas and we held them to nine points and nine fast break points and 36 points in the paint that is phenomenal effort um then you throw in that we had 12 steals and eight blocks it just confirms what the eye saw on the night they were locked in and they were sending a message 
that they wanted to be in this competition. Adam, I think the story here is kind of our our turnaround, I guess, from being viewed as just a first half team to this is the first game where, I mean, we were only up by 11 at halftime on Toronto. Like I thought it should have been more. And then, you know, the third quarter, you win that 33 to 26. And then the fourth was basically a wash. But, you know, as Paul mentioned, I mean, he mentioned what we held the Raptors to on the hustle stats, but you look at what the magic got on the hustle stats. Like the magic yeah. won points in the paint, 68 to 36. They awesome. won fast break points, 23 to nine. And then second chance points, 27 to five. You're not losing that game when you're do when you're winning the hustle stats that definitively, they, but they are, uh, and they are all stats that Toronto do so well at and have done this season, particularly and, and historically that it was just incredible to see what we did to him that night. But we'll we'll talk about more in-season tournament stuff, I'm sure, here in a bit. But, you know, this was the first in-season home tournament game for the Magic, and they just seemed extra, just kind of juiced up, extra fired up for it. And, you know, there's a bit of an inner rivalry going on there with the Raptors a bit now. I mean, this this goes back, I mean, I'd say this goes back to 2008 almost, but, I mean, now with different, you know, you look at 2019, the playoff series, you look at the bubble, the whole Kyle Lowry stuff, even though he's not on the Raptors anymore. And now it just exists now with the whole Jalen Suggs versus Scotty Barnes type thing yeah. where there's that going on. So um, also, I think the Raptors, who we're going to need a favor from most likely on Tuesday, but, uh, you know, I think the Raptors are kind of realizing that they, they need to most likely tank or do something just very, very drastic. And that's tough as a fan base to, to, to have that kind of realization, I think. Uh, but just a wonderful, wonderful game. And again, it's, it was the start of us having not just great first halves any longer. It's us being able to finish games in the second half. Yeah. 31 assists. The ball movement was fantastic as well. But Jalen set the mood for the team. Yeah. Jalen set the mood. His defensive intensity and, you know, hitting that three to give us the lead that we never relinquished uh, after about two minutes, I think it was. Um, he was just the tone setter. And, God, I love to see it. That's great. Gary, got anything to add, mate? Um, we had a chat about this on one of our early morning uh, work phone calls, Mike, yeah, I believe, and... Um, Watching that game was a bit of a role reversal game because Toronto, when you look at it, the players they've got, Pascal Siakam, OG, uh, Scotty Barnes, Dennis Schroeder, they are good NBA players. Like Pascal Siakam can get listed as a top 20, 25 player in the NBA, depending on what rankings you look at. And it got into the third quarter and they were they had that look about them in their body language of, we are outmatched here. They are too good. You you could see they just kind of deflated on the court. You, you could see with Barnes a couple of passes that Barnes threw around during the game. The look on his face. I think it was OG's body language a couple of times in the game where it just looked like we are outmatched. And it's been times when that's happened to us, where we've had teams in like when we you know the Vooch teams and stuff where you were kind of just like it doesn't matter what we do here, we're up against a superior team and we're going to lose. Um, I. Th Felt like that in the Raptors playoff series when Kawhi Leonard was leading the Raptors. It's kind of we've got some decent players on the team, and you know you're willing them and you're willing the growth of the Magic players. But it was kind of like if these guys show up and play, we can't do a lot about it. And 
I was watching the body language of the Raptors and what the Magic were doing and the battles we were winning on the court. And I was like, yeah, you guys, it's, it's dawned on the Raptors players during this game that it just isn't going to happen. It, it, it isn't going to happen and you could see it. And it's lovely to see after what we've been through for so long for the boot to go on the other foot finally, that we're just outmatched. I, I will shocked. add this. Go, Paul. Okay, I was just going to say, I'm shocked that uh, Gary didn't bring up Cole with his season uh, high of 10 assists I'm just, for his double-double. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just try and be on the, the team. Field. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, give, you, give Cole the love, man. He was I always, give, I always Cole Anthony, I always give the love to. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get there with Cole as well later in the AirPod. Absolutely. I will add with that Raptors game, I don't know about you guys, we were up 26 with about four minutes to go, if my memory serves me right. And you're thinking, right, keep the starters in, let's keep growing growing that, growing that points differential. And then he brought the, the bench players in and then it went down and we won by 19. Now, my, minus seven, seven points worse off when you look at the points differential. I think we're plus 22 without looking at the standings at the moment in... In the in the group play, yeah, but that could be an important decision that Mosley might have got wrong. It might not matter. It might not make much difference. But it's it's certainly something to keep an eye on because I was a little frustrated at the end of that game, thinking keep your foot on the floor, keep your foot to the pedal, and and keep pushing because they had that big deficit that they lost in in Brooklyn by twenty. That was. To, to turn that around and we're now plus 22 is pretty impressive. It is, it is 22. But that's the one where we got it wrong, the Brooklyn game. on the first, it was, was it the first night of a back-to-back? And you could see Coach Mosley doing what you would normally do. The game's gone. We'll now bring in that third string of the, of the bench. Uh, and he just let it get away further and further from us. It's probably the one time where you've looked, oh... You've got, you have really made, you've not quite, un, not necessarily un, understood, but actually perhaps forgotten what we're doing in this event. That yeah. The points differential could, who knows, perhaps you felt that they were going to do a job. Who am, I to, who am I to speculate? Yeah, I think with that one, well, first off with the Raptor game, you know, Mikey was right, is right about kind of the point differential yeah. could make the difference. And that's with Chuma hit that three at the very end of Did the you? Raptor game. And if it's going to be interesting to see if any of that extra three points kind of kind of plays a factor there, just like, you know, you know, with Paul say, talking about that, you know, that Brooklyn game, you know, we, he did mostly did kind of try to keep the starters in for a bit, just a little bit. But then, you know, he, he, he did yank them out. And that's one of those where I mean, it's funny looking back on it now, but I mean, we, we fell to five and five in in that game. And I think it's just one of those kind of keep gain a little bit of, of of your legs and and save you know avoid a little bit of extra fatigue by by pulling them out because you you know we needed that chicago game the next night and oh yeah it's ended up working out because that was the start of the six game win streak now but yeah from an in-season tournament perspective you can there's definitely room for criticism there for sure but uh very, very good points there and and as well the, the Denver game, which we're going to get on to now, was the second night of a back-to-back, and that probably was a big reason why Mosley thought, right, let's sit the starters, we've done our job. Let's uh, let's try and find that middle ground where we, we comfortably won the game, sit the starters with four minutes to go, but also leave a little bit in the tank for the next night. But 
Yeah, that that was the only the only little thing that took a bit of shine off of that Raptors game. But on the second night of a back to back, then the the Magic beat the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets one twenty four to one nineteen. Uh, Franz Wagner scored twenty four of his twenty seven points in the second half. Uh, he converted that and one with two and a half minutes to go to to give the Magic the lead, and then Bancaro hit that huge three. And the Magic basically held strong down the stretch for their third win in a row at home against the Denver Nuggets. So, Gary, the tests keep coming, mate, for this yeah. young Magic team. How yeah. impressed were you with the poise down the stretch? Um, I think, first of all, it's seeing what Franz Wagner can do in the second half and the fourth quarter of games where, you know, fourth quarter Franz is a thing. Um it's one of those where you've got to come through the fire. It's a test for us because they're the NBA champions and whether you like it or not, I remember when we were playing the Rockets in the 95 finals and we were favoured in a lot of sections and I always remember the commentary quote and I can't remember who it was from but it was never underestimate the heart of a champion. Houston had been there, they've done it. Denver knows how to win and I know we saw Cortez getting pretty animated at the end of the uh, the game when... Uh, <laughs> when it was brought up the fact that Jamal Murray didn't play. But we are playing without Fultz. We are playing without Wendell. And we've been playing with injuries forever now. And we've we've seen what it can do to us. But they still had the front court that they've got. And their back court isn't bad. You know, that is not a bad back court. And we handled them. Um, I think it took poise. I think it took experience. I think the team looked confident. And they didn't back down. You, you you could see it across the court. Wagner wanted the ball. Paolo wanted the ball. We'd been talking earlier in the season that we wanted our big guys to step up. We we knew we had them rattled when there was the um, stop in play. And you saw Jokic and Aaron Gordon going over to Mosley to try and disrupt the instructions. And I was kind of like, nah, that's not really nice. But it shows you where we've got them at now, that they are taking us seriously. That, that, that they're rattled. Um and then I, th- I think Jalen Suggs, when he got into it with Jokic, it was a case of you're not coming into our house and uh, doing that. You could look at Goga Patazzi and how he played against Jokic. Like, that's technically our third string centre playing against the MVP. And he, he put in everything as he does and gave him a hard night. And then you look at that final quarter, and it was nice to see um, Mike Malone saying, and I've got the quote in front of me, they are a good team. They've won five in a row. They're ten and five. They've got the number one defense. Um, their bench scored fifty-eight tonight. It's a game we should have won. We didn't make enough plays down the stretch. You can't allow a good team to score forty-two points when the game is hanging in the balance. That's from the coach of the NBA champions. So people can kick off on Twitter all they want about it's your Super Bowl, whatever. I'm just going to listen to what the the coach of the NBA champions says. It's a good team and the Denver players wouldn't have been reacting as they were if they didn't know they were in a game and they were in a game and they lost. Great grit and determination. Yeah. Someone on Twitter um, earlier today called it, um, if we had heart and hustle, this is heart and muscle. Nice. I like that. Uh, the The other thing, you mentioned Goga, the the job he did. Um, okay, we, we know that Jokic got a triple-double. Yep. But he didn't get anything easy. We didn't yep. give him anything. We wasn't allowed. He was. He had to play for everything he got. Yep. And that's on the second night of a back-to-back, where the night before, Goga had also had a hard-fought battle with Jakob Pertl, mm. who'd who'd played well, 
you know, the guys, the guys are good centre. He put in two big performances for us there, did Goga. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't a pretty game, was it? It was a physical fight. Uh, I sort of game I quite enjoyed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah um they they just for me the i it was paolo wasn't it i think who was interviewed and said that the thing that the team were doing well um is on their focus on defense they aren't overreacting to the star player the they're not overhelping and thus it's not allowing your likes of uh, Porter Jr. and um, Cordwell Pope to get easy threes. I think that was the point he was he was uh, alluding to that, he, that we didn't allow them to get going. You accept that you're not going to stop Jokic scoring and doing his thing continuously, but you don't give him anything easy, and as a result, it then allows coverage still on the other players who can hurt you equally. It's great performance, just. Brilliant all week. I mean, that's it, that's all you can say about everything that they've done this week. It's been brilliant. It's been com- not complete performances because there's been points where you know you can always do have some things d- that go better. Um, but this team have a mindset of going out onto the court and fighting for the win and. Even if we've got a, def- a a large deficit, they have the mindset to be able to come back. If we have a a lead cut into, they've now got the experience and mindset to be able to say, "Hang on, we've got that lead to start with. We can bring this back, and we can get, we can rally and come back again." And that doesn't necessarily have to come from the starters it can come from the bench unit as well which has been said so many times this week that we have the best bench in the in the NBA Adam anything to add on the Nuggets game that's three wins in a row at home against the Nuggets and last year we we almost beat them in Denver as well yeah last season we should have won that game in Denver and then that was on our team's mind I was at the the home game last season where we beat the Nuggets and uh Jamal Murray was out for that game too. Denver had a deeper bench last season than they do this season. And like Gary and Paul kind of both said, as far as just the bench goes, I think we had like 58 bench points. We had three guys that scored double figures and other than Christian Brown for, for Denver, like that's all all they got from their bench basically was one guy. Whereas you had, you know, your 20 points from Cole Anthony, you had 12 each from Joe Ingles and Mo Wagner, even Jonathan Isaac chipped in with nine. Um, you look at, you know, fast break points. Even we had them beat twelve to four points in the paint. A team that's got Jokic, like we crushed them points in the paint, sixty to forty four. And just the way this game kind of, kind of just played out, like this was a feisty grown up game. Like if you watch that broadcast, there were quite a few moments, especially late in the fourth quarter, where just the crowd just got really into it. Like if you're looking in the background behind like David Steele and like Jeff Turner, like you're seeing like Dante get mad. You're seeing like the PR guys, like Joel Glass and George Galante getting mad in the back at some ref decisions. Like everybody wanted that game in that building. Um, And that's one of those growing up games where it just, it worked out. Like Franz Wagner, he's been kind of on and off with the shooting, but this was a big game for him. He had an efficient 27 points. Paolo Bancaro, after like an early kind of slow scoring start, he's averaging like about 
22 points per game the last 10 games. Like he's he's hitting like 23 points like every game now efficiently, basically now. And just a lot of a lot of contributions, just a lot of fight. And you know, you you know, as already mentioned, Jokic had a 30-point triple double. Like Aaron Gordon had a double double. I'll take that over a 37-point game like he had last season in our building that we thankfully still overcame. Uh Michael Porter Jr. had a good game, 25 points, but everybody else we kind of we kind of quieted down. Like Reggie Jackson got off to a good start, but he ended he ended up with five of fifteen shooting. Kendall, you know, uh Contavious Caldwell Pope didn't kill us. Like it it wasn't the prettiest that you know, as as was mentioned, but just if you look at everything how it was on paper, you kind of wanted how you how you thought the magic would win it, where your two still young stars played really well and your bench murdered their bench, and that's how you got it done. And that was a big boy game. The speaking of big boy games, the fine when Denver started playing the foul game, those six free throws that Goga, Jalen, and Franz took in those final 14 seconds and made all six. That's something that I don't know whether we would have done previously. That's and I know we've had some inefficiencies on the free throw shooting this season, but over the last few games that has been picking up massively the percentage that we've been hitting, and those particular free throws carried us home. Yeah, we've raucous atmosphere. Yeah, we've we've had some free throw issues, but it's funny enough, we've been able to hit most of the clutch situation free throws. It's kind of it's kind of working out with that. And again, this is just the theme of the past few games, especially just the second half, or in this case, the fourth quarter. The Magic won the fourth quarter, forty-two to thirty-one. Yeah, we're no longer a first-half team at the moment. Like it's, they're showing up in 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 clutch time here, and that was just a huge, huge Denver win. And I know Gary and has mentioned kind of from a Magic fan frustration standpoint, where people are are either mad at Jalen Suggs for being super energetic and pesky now for like five straight games. He's just like that as Jalen Suggs, you know. Um, just like how when teams are saying, "Oh, this is the Magic Super Bowl," well, you can't say that for every team in the league they're facing. Like the Magic are showing up and bringing the effort every night. Doesn't matter if you're the champs or not. Like they they've been bringing it. And if I can, you know the notion of hard and hustle got brought up and I've seen so, you know, I saw and enjoyed that 99, 2000 hard and hustle team. We play defense about as well as any other magic team in history, except, you know, alongside that 99, 2000 team. Like if you look at our defense and how pesky everybody is defensively, you can equate this team's defense to that 99, 2000 team, the way they play defense. And that was a team that should have won 10 games. Sports Illustrated saw a whole bunch of outcasts and said that team's only going to win 10, 10 games and they end up going 41 and 41. Now this magic team has a lot more talent and has a lot uh, more upside to them, but the way they they've just bought into how Jamal Mosley wants to defend. It's just wonderful to see. And yeah, they're, they're going to be pesky. People are going to say weird, nasty things about, you know, Suggs or some of the, some of the guys on the team, let them, let us just rack up the wins. Do you know what, one crazy stat, I'm just looking at the box score and this is this is pretty meaningless because the, all that mattered at the end of the day was the final score. Paolo and Franz both had 27 and 23 points each, but they were the only two with a minus positive, uh, plus minus in this game. They were both minus four, but everybody else on the team was, was at a plus. I thought that was quite funny, but a bit of a crazy stat that one, but um, it didn't matter. 
Okay, and on to Friday night, the final group stage in the in-season tournament. A must-win game against the Boston Celtics. The Magic dominated the top seed in the East, 113-97, to to go 3-1 and after trailing by eight at the half. Adam, we saw the defense dramatically improve in the second half when Brown and Tatum were given headaches offensively. It's still, it's still early. But looking ahead to the postseason, I want you to talk about the game, but looking ahead to the postseason as well, what are you seeing from this group that can make us dangerous in the playoffs as well? So it's like a two-part question for you. I mean, when you look at the Boston, it's almost kind of like you're looking in the mirror of what the Magic kind of want to be in a couple of years. I mean, if you look at the at both Tatum and Brown, they've had success on the Celtics for a very long time now at a young age, pretty close to as young as Franz and Paolo on now. Uh, but from a matchup perspective, I mean, you know, the magic have are, are pretty big by NBA standards and Boston's one of the few teams where they they're bigger or as big, like they've got like two, six, three guys in Porzingis. And even like Luke, Luke Cornette was pesky in this game. Um, but I, I think Look, a lot of a lot of this is going to depend on Jonathan Isaac's health. I think if we do face him in the playoffs, because a lot of the, our second half success in this game was with Jonathan Isaac guarding guys like Jason Tatum and kind of slowing them down a little bit. Uh, I think the Magic's bench is is better that than bought what Boston has as a whole, and that's what it's going to come down to. Like when you have a guy like Mo Wagner dropping twenty seven points in this game, like Boston doesn't have a guy like that, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference with this Magic team is is the is the bench. Yeah, Drew Holiday didn't play this game. Yeah, you know, Porzingis had a weird calf thing that kept him out the, the second half. But again, the Magic don't have their starting point guard and their starting center on the team as well. So, you know, people can moan and try and negate a win like like this game was, which I was at this game last night or yesterday afternoon. Um, it was it was a blast to be at. It's just another game of two halves, right? You know, the Magic had just an impressive second half. They were down eight at halftime. Third quarter, you win that 29 to 18. Fourth quarter, you win it 36 to 22, which plays a huge role with the point differential of this season of our of this last in-season tournament game. You know, we we end up going three and one in the in-season tournament. And you know, the first half, I thought I think. Joe Missoula is a big weakness as well, too, for Boston. I don't think Missoula is a good head coach. I thought Mosley and the staff made really good second half adjust adjustments. If you look at the success Boston had in the first half, you know, it's looking at aside from the refs and the fouls and officiating whatnot, Boston basically staggered Porzingis's minutes, Brown's minutes, Tatum's minutes, and it kind of gave our bench a little bit of issue in the first half. Whereas in the second half, just our bench was able to kind of overcome that. And then for some reason in the first half, just the, the Magic's defense, maybe they had some, they were hung over from Thanksgiving or something. I don't know. Some of that good food, turkey, you know, whatnot was was holding them back. But with the Magic's defense in the first half, Boston was basically running the same three like sets or motions and just getting to the rim and getting buckets each time. But at halftime, they woke up. And again, that's just growth. That's just a sign of just kind of what's to come. Uh, I hope I answered your question there a little bit, Mikey. I don't know. I'm kind of dodged. <laughs> that, I, I think I mentioned playoff stuff a little bit there, but. That's great. Paul. I, Adam's kind of alluded to what we were saying in the group yesterday when we were watching it. Yeah. Game of two halves. And it just felt like they came out of the locker room for the second half and had had their backsides kicked. 
by the coaching staff and by each other because they came out with such a different attitude. Um, they they took it seriously, came out and took that second half seriously. Um, and they frustrated the hell out of Boston. Um, they, Jalen Brown is a good player and we made him look average. He got opportunities, but he got nothing. Again, he got nothing clear, clean. We were challenging all the while. Um, and, mate, Mo Wagner, for somebody who we all originally felt was kept around as a sweetener for Franz, jeez, has he proved us wrong. And he clearly, I don't care what anybody says, he clearly wanted to show Boston that you missed out on this because he went for it. That was... Such a good performance. Such a good performance. Um, he 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 controlled his emotions. He controlled his behaviour. And as a result, you saw probably one of the best performances I think we've seen from Mo Wagner in a Magic shirt. Oh, yeah. It's right up there for sure. Mo loves playing Boston. You look at last year, yeah. you know, with the, when the Magic went on the six-game win streak last December, you know, two of those games were in Boston. You know, Mo had, I think, at least a 20-pointer in that one as well, and that was with him starting. Here he's getting 27 minutes, uh, 27 points coming off the bench. Um, there was just some big energy plays in this game, be it, you know, Cole catching that ridiculous alley-oop dunk uh, that I didn't think he was going to get to, that that he was – I thought he was going to get blocked on that, and he somehow got it got that dunk to go in. Suggs is getting the crowd pumped. Mo Wagner's getting the crowd pumped, like – that crowd was electric. That crowd was really, really into it. Um, I only mentioned two, uh, one other thing, and Mosley had kind of two underrated adjustments that he made, really. was One was Anthony Black didn't play after the first six minutes, yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see if that carries forward a little bit where it, it just the moment maybe just was a little bit too much for Anthony Black. Um, and that, you know, it, it ended up working out in the second half where – you know, uh, Joe Ingles and Cole were kind of leaned on more to to run the run the show a little bit. Uh, and then the other thing was Caleb Houston got pretty important minutes. Like he didn't score, yeah. but he had a steal and two rebounds. And I mean, one of the early daggers was I think with like nine minutes to go, where uh, Caleb collects a steal, hands it off to Cole, and Cole had just this beautiful assist for a Mo Wagner dunk that put us up like eleven. And just good gutsy call for Mosley to throw in Caleb in and shout out to Caleb for looking pretty composed out there. And he played some good defense. And if I had one complaint potentially was even though, you know, Cole, he, he had 16 points, but it wasn't his greatest game. Like he had some mistakes, turnovers, you know, he only shot six of 17. I might've, this is my Joe Ingles bias kicking in. I would, I might've leaned on Ingles just to run to maybe get some of those minutes just because he has the size and just has that composure. But I mean, it worked out. We, we ended up blowing out Boston. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Was it a 17 to run that we put in during the third? 17 0 run. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you, they, in that period of time, I think, was it eight, nine, 10 shots, something of that ilk that Boston, missed and they weren't missed shots they weren't clean shots they were contested we just didn't let up during that period um incredible incredible performance and to hold boston to under 100 points shows the effort 
And we've done that to a lot of teams already this season. I don't actually know how many it is, but we've done, we've held quite a few to, I'll have a look. Six. The magic, the magic have an NBA league best, uh, six games of holding teams under a hundred, which is absurd where, you know, the average game gets to like 115 points, you know, and to hold, to have six games where you hold opponents under a hundred. I couldn't remember what it was, but yes, six. Yeah. That's that just shows the level of determination and focus that the team have for the defensive end and they're using it as the platform to take impressive wins. And that is that the most impressive win of the season? It's probably one of the most probably the most satisfying. It's definitely Gary. I think um, what Adam was saying then there was a point um so the stream I was watching, which would obviously, you know, like not the Boston stream, shall we say it, um, actually had to become the Boston stream in the end because all the other streams went down for me. So I ended up watching the Celtics really? stream. Yeah. Um, and they made a point when we brought in Caleb Houston about Orlando's size. And they said everybody on the Magic's team on the floor is six feet eight or over. And they were kind of they was they were struggling with that concept of what can we do against this, and when you you see him for example Joe Ingles handling the ball, and it, the 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 differential was noticeable on TV for me when it was, as soon as that was pointed out, it was kind of like the swarm was on like that's the way I see it when the the Orlando defense locks in it was the same in the Indiana game it was against the Raptors where it was just they're actually swarming Boston here and Boston with. One, I would certainly say, elite scorer in the league, struggling. Like, what do we do? And we've been in that position where that's been done to us before. And I thought, actually, this is saying a lot about the magic here, where it doesn't matter that Pazingas wasn't there. When Jason Tatum's struggling against your defence, it says it all. And I heard after the game, he's got a bit of a cold. Well... (laughs) That's, okay. That's 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 reaching its straws there, right? That's, <laughs> that's added to the Super Bowl list. But I've got my uh, Boston fans tears here in this cup that I've been drinking throughout the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, it was just a beautiful thing to see when um, you see all the sea of green leaving the Amway, and I saw the six man show as well, where they had the the piece where Boston fans were trudging past, and we, we know what it's like. We've been on the other side of it. We haven't been great for a while now, and we've seen when the Lakers fans come in, the Heat fans come in, the Celtics fans come in, and it's there a case of, I'm going to wear my really bright green, so you know I'm a Boston fan, or a Lakers fan, and then we're going to let you know about it when we beat your team, and it was seeing the fans just dejected, just leaving the arena, in their their green, because they stood out, because they were wearing their bright green that they wanted to be seen in, and the heads were down, and it just summed it all up, as what Orlando had done, We, we basically took another team who came in and look, Boston's going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. If, if the Celtics aren't knocking on the door of at least the Eastern Conference final, like Adam said, you're looking at the coach and you're going, you're in trouble here because of the talent that roster's got. And we've taken the best offensive team in the league, punched them in the mouth. The Sorry, Gary. Yeah, we're just, we're just going down this, this list, Paul. You know, we've taken LeBron and the Lakers beat them, should have beat them twice, taken the best defensive team in the league, went into their arena for their first sellout, punched them in the mouth, took Tyrese Halliburton's lunch money off them. We've had the Denver Nuggets in town, NBA champions, okay, it's Jamal Murray, it's your Super Bowl, 
but your players on the court are actually trying to get into our timeout or our coach talk because there's nowhere else left to go for you. And then you've got basically or oh, the meltdown coming, which we knew it was going to happen anyway, where the Orlando is still the fifth worst team in the league. That, that comment was passed by Eddie House after the game. The 26, 26 other teams are better than the Magic and such because you've been punched in the mouth again. And it's kind of the tables are turning here. And I'm, I'm, don't forget I'm, we built the books as well. I'm, Paul, I'm, I'm, but the thing is, I'm not having this injury talk because we've had yeah. this for years now where it's our, our team's been ravaged by injuries. Like we don't know what Jonathan Isaac would have been or where he would have been without these injuries. So people saying our players are injured, I don't care. You've just been well, smashed. Take it. What were Tate? I can't. I can't remember what Tatum's final numbers were against us last night. But as to the point of Tatum playing through illness, uh, supposedly last night on Wednesday, he was questionable to play against Milwaukee, but played. And against Milwaukee, he dropped twenty-three points and eleven rebounds for a double-double, and made the winning free throws at the end of the game. Didn't do that against us. Yeah, he had twenty he had twenty-six points in this game on seven of sixteen shooting. He was twelve of thirteen from the free throw line. So he had a lot of free throws in this game. Yeah. But uh yeah, I, I wouldn't blame that uh, that cold too much on uh, <laughs> on on how he played. Maybe yeah. it's the maybe it's the uh, GI flu that he got hit with at one point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So to, to, to drop when Jonathan Isaac flu hit him in the game. Talking of, of J.I., who else gasped and uh, come out with a, yeah. a bit yeah. of profanity when they hit the floor? I was like, it was it was the worst thing. But fortunately, he got up and, and jogged off and, and come back later in the game and, and made his presence felt. But yeah, that yeah, was... Uh, that happened right in front of me. Um, I It looked bad the way he kind of just crumpled to the ground there. Uh, yeah. But I, I could tell, I, I saw it where it was a Celtics player just kind of just fell into him. And my hope was like, Okay, if as long as his leg didn't bend back, we're okay, and it didn't. So um, he shook it off, and he got back in again to, to end the game. So yeah. he, he should be good. And I mean, to go with what Gary says, as far as just the injuries, again, we've basically led the entire NBA in most games missed or lost due to injury and COVID for the last three seasons, for the last three years. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if we're still kind of high on that list this season because we're we're usually missing like two guys here and there at least anyway but uh yeah just put the tears in a bottle and and and, and just enjoy him because it's yeah you're not going to get you're not going to get much sympathy from us at this point like we've been through this I, it's sorry and it, and we, we, we live this allowed, all the time it was never allowed as an excuse by other teams for us we, it was whether you'd have had mark ellie whether you'd have had ji you'd have still sucked well, you know what? Some of those comments are coming back to bite you because J.I.'s coming back and we're not sucking. Paolo playing beautifully. He doesn't suck. And this team, the the spirit that they have doesn't allow them to suck. Paul, let's let's get it. Let's get it in there for what it was. When we had the injuries and we we're getting bashed off these teams, it was go on Twitter and you'd get poverty franchise written under yep. every magic court and post go and so you know, maybe uh, maybe the poverty franchise has won the lottery, hey? <laughs> you know, you're not getting any mercy from me on this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
However, okay. we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Sure. No. Utah started well last season and dropped off. So, you know, to, we'll have a touch of realism that we're doing well so far and we're loving it. We are. Well, we're fit. Kind we of. are. Well, let's let's talk about some realism. So I want to get your final thoughts before we, we have a look at this week's game. So the Magic are 11 and 5, six game win streak. Second in defensive rating at 104.7. First overall for the season. Uh, they're 11th in field goal percentage in the last six games. Uh, 16th in offensive rating, 115.2. 21st for the season. So that's starting to creep up. Uh, second in, field, uh, in sorry free throw attempts. Fifth in steal, seven in blocks. Um, I want to know... We know this team's legit. We 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 already understand that. We know that. But we're pro- I think we're all further along than the majority of us thought they would be at this point. And I think we're having to have a bit of a rethink about this team's expectations for the rest of this season. Adam, I think you had, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think you had us at 43 and 39 at the start of the season. 45, 45, 45. I was pretty optimistic. I was, okay. I was actually optimistic wow. going in. And as you guys know, I, I do like a, a daily or I do a tracker of every game basically. And with my predictions going into the season, I had us winning 45 and making the six seed. And right now we're a game in front of that pace. So right now we're on pace to be a 46 win team at the moment as it's playing out. And last season, 45 wins was good enough to be the six seed. I think what you were about to go with Mikey there is basically it's not just the plan. Now we can, the goal might be top six seed and don't even bother with the plan. Yeah. So I'll Paul, I'll go to you first. Then are you, uh, I can't remember where you had your, your predictions, but what, how are you rethinking? How are you looking at the rest of the season now? I think I had us around the 500 mark. If memory serves right. Um, I don't think I was actually on the one where it was, where we were talking about the actual numbers. I think I missed that pod. But I I seem to recall I was asked the question after and I had us around the 500 mark um, and somewhere sixth being the highest that we'd, we we would reach. Uh <laughs> I, I, this is unknown I, I, territory I, for you. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm, listen, what was it? 2013, 14, I started as a fan. I've not known this. This is something completely alien to me. Um, so I still want to be in that position where I'm not getting too high about things and then I don't get too low about them. So I want to, you know, it's been an amazing start. We have seen other teams have amazing starts and fall back. We've seen us have poor starts like last season. And by the end of the season, we were pushing still to be a playing team. So I'm still going to stick as I will be happy with us being a five around a 500 team. It's important to remember that this team has not been below a 500 rating this season. And... It doesn't feel like Adam's uh, pre-season prediction is an overstretch at this moment in time. Does that answer? It's good enough for me. It's good enough. Gary? Um, I think when we did them, I said somewhere between 39 and 42. 
think that was my prediction. I could be wrong. Someone will probably look back and tell me I'm lying, but I'm sure. I think, I think the three of us, I think Paul, me and you are all around about the same mark. Every game we win, Mikey, I'm, I'm thinking that how many more wins do we need to get to 41 wins? That That's the first one. But I'll throw another one in there. I know Dylan said on the um, our chat that he was kind of looking at it saying six is the, the floor now, which I think is fair. And I think yeah. Adam's saying that, and I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Six is a floor. I'm going to throw another little thing in the mix. If we're looking at six is the floor, I think we should look to win our our division. That should be our thing. We, we need to win that division. We need to look to finish above Miami and above Atlanta. You know, that's the thing. Win that division. That will be my challenge for the Magic. Can we finish top? Can we win the in-season tournament as well? That's the other one. <laughs> but that, that that's later on. I, I'm looking at this, and I know we talked about this this morning, Gary. Mm -hmm. Last year, everybody was on the Sacramento Kings bandwagon, and, and they were the team that sort of surprised a lot of people last year. Mm -hmm. And they finished third in, in the Western Conference at 48 and 34. They had the 20... Bear with me. Twenty uh, fourth ranked defensive rating last season, and still made the third seed. This team's the best defense in the league, mm -hmm. and I think we're all on the same page that I'm not even thinking about the playing anymore. Like this team should be a, as we are right now, this team should be a lock for a top six seed. It really should, and and, and we can't remember. We're still waiting for two starters to come back because that's that's my next question. I wanted to throw to you guys before we move on. How do the magic integrate Markel and Wendell into this when they return? Because Mosley's got a really difficult decision to make when they come back because this this unit is rolling at the moment, and I know Anthony Black got pulled in the second half last last night and and there was some experience that probably come into that as well was maybe and I think matchups probably played a part as well and and this lack of floor spacing but this team this team is legit and uh yeah what what do you guys think about that what do you think about Wendell and Markel being integrated back in when they're when they're healthy again is somebody going to take the position that uh, G would do? And shout out to G for happy birthday this weekend. Um, I think Markel walks back into the team because, as you saw, Anthony Black got pulled last night. Um, whether you're a fan of Markel Fultz or not, and whether you think he is the long-term solution at the guard position for us at this moment in time he is i would suggest the best option that we have as a traditional starting guard as a traditional starting point guard wendell perhaps is a little bit more of a difficult question because goga is playing well in that position um, he is a. I, I would argue that he's a more traditional centre than Wendell is, um, and I'll go with the. We had this question before about uh, where we were talking about the starting guard position, mm -hmm. um, and I think it was Gary and I who both said 
you go with the player who has the shirt and the other player has to come back and earn that shirt. So you're in a nice position that we have good cover in Goga playing well. So you can, to some degree, allow Wendell to come back on a limited minutes whilst he earns the shirt back. Okay. I'm going to go to Gary. I'm going to leave Adam till last because I know he's got something interesting up his sleeve. <laughs> um, I think with Wendell, it's further down the line because if we're still on this run in January where we're at now, things are going really, really well. Like they're going really well. If we're still into January, Wendell's slated to be back. That's a, that's a hell of a question. But I do think Goga has fit in and he fills the paint out and he, he's a legitimate big body in there who can match up, whereas at times Wendell is a little undersized, even though he brings a lot of toughness, grit, fits, and he can get his shot to roll. So it's going to be interesting how we fill that one. The question is how long Markel Fultz is going to be out for, because when he first went down, I was thinking this is a couple, this is a week, a few days, a week, and it's every game he's out now. I'm kind of like, when's Markel coming back? I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if what happened with Anthony Black if you saw Gary Harris go into the starting lineup for the Magic in his place, I think it's possible. And then you'd have Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris as your backcourt, which is a nightmare defensively for teams. And it does issue the three and D. And when you look at what's happening with the three point shooting now, said on a previous pod, Jalen Suggs has to become league average or better as a three point shooter. And he's starting to do that. G given in mind, I know I've said this before and I'm beating the drum. We've got two guys who can handle the rock in Paolo and Franz, and it's whether we decide to go through them. Now, do I think Markel handles it better than them? Yes, I do, actually. I think he takes care of the ball better than anybody on the team. But if that lineup establishes with, say, Suggs and Harris, I don't think Markel just walks back in. If a team's winning and on a roll, anyone's got to, first of all, play themselves back to fitness. And secondly, as Paul's saying, if the shirt's there and the team's winning, you've got to find where you fit. And I like both of the players, but I think the danger is Anthony Black's done a good job. But we saw, we see with Anthony Black when he makes a mistake, he gets upset. You can see he's still a kid at times, which is fair enough, allow him to be that. But if the Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris backcourt establishes itself with Cole Anthony coming off the bench in major minutes, Kel's got to find himself in that rotation and where he offers what, which is a conversation we've had on previous pods. What will he offer? Mm -hmm. That's my two cents. Sorry, G. I'm not knocking Markel. I do love him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you guys all bring up good points. Uh, I mean, this is interesting territory, right? Because before both Wendell and Markel kind of went down, you know, Goga was the third string center. Anthony Black was the third string point guard. So, this is an interesting situation. It's, you know, our, how comfortable is the coaching staff having Anthony Black kind of get buried on the bench, potentially some might maybe not seeing the court some nights or not seeing the court unless it's garbage time. And then you have Goga who he's done a wonderful job stepping in overall. Like you can't ask too much more of what Goga's doing, especially when it hasn't really negatively impacted Mo Wagner either. Mo Wagner's still scoring, you know, scoring up a storm still coming off the bench. But I think if, if they're healthy, I think both walk back into the starting lineup. I do. Um, 
you know, Gary kind of mentioned it uh, as far as uh, as Anthony Black, you know, when things kind of go wrong, he's, he gets frustrated. There's a bit of a temper going on. He's getting picked on by certain opponents here and there, which has been kind of really weird to, to see. And it's good to see the teammates kind of back him up and all that. But it does kind of mentally get to him. And I mean, he's he's a 19 year old kid. It's it's some, some players handle that better than others. But I mean, he's talented. His defense has been wonderful. That's why he's out there. Um, but I, I'm a Markel guy, uh, as well. So it's, uh, if Markel is healthy, he gets, he gets back into the starting lineup. I think, um, it will be interesting to see kind of what type of negative effects that might have on Paolo and Franz, because, you know, Paolo's scoring 22, 23 points per game because he's been handling the ball a lot more of late, you know, Franz, He's still kind of struggling a little bit with, you know, the three point shot or the jump shot a little bit here and there, but you know, he gets going with the ball in his hands more. Um, you know, we know he's, he's a fabulous cutter to the hole and, and whatnot, but I mean, he's been putting on a Euro step showcase every, you know, every game basically with him getting the ball at the top of the key and just, is just, you know, sashaying his way to the paint, to the rim right there. But, uh, you know, with Markel, that knee tendonitis thing, that's a scary injury to deal with as a basketball player because that sometimes never goes away the rest of your life. Like, that could flare up at any point, honestly, uh, from what I've seen in, in the past historically for with other players. Uh, so, he, if, you know, Markel needs to be healthy. He can't be, you know, he plays and then he's out a couple games later. Like, if you're going to play, play. And don't ruin a good thing right now. Well, it's a win streak, you know, wait for, wait for a loss to kick in before you really kind of, kind of insert Markel. I think you still start Anthony black. If you see him starting, you know, struggling here and there for some games, then just don't play him the second half. But I think starting black has, has just worked out. Wendell is interesting because, you know, he broke a, you know, he had a freak injury where he broke his, you know, a finger on his hand basically. And I think with Mosley in the front office, they, I think they're on record of saying, you know, injury doesn't keep you out of, you know, you don't lose your job because of injury. Um, you know, you lose your job for performance. And so I think Wendell would bring kind of the consistency that sometimes lacks with Goga. Goga's got a bit of that Georgian temper himself where if stuff doesn't go well. He can kind of get a little loose. And we saw it with the Boston game there where, you know, thankfully Mo stepped up for Goga, but you know, Goga, He's made great progress from where he was in Indiana just, you know, five months ago to where, or, you know, six, seven months ago, whatever, yeah. where he is now with the magic. But uh, with Wendell, I haven't heard anybody mention it, but I do wonder if the plantar fasciitis has been an issue this season, because there's been some games early on where he's kind of disappeared and it hasn't been an issue now because he's got the broken finger and we've done well without him. But I do wonder if him being out is kind of an added blessing of him kind of staying off his feet his feet a little bit. Um, but I think Wendell and Markel actually do walk back into the starting lineup, uh, which is kind of a boring answer, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think they bring enough consistency and just to bring enough stuff there that, you know, you, you, you insert them back into the lineup, but only after this win streak gets broken up, you don't do it right now. <laughs> yeah. Mikey, what's your opinion? I, I want to, I, I think, I think the fact that there's going to be different timelines for the two of them, I think Markel's probably closer to coming back than than Wendell probably makes this transition a little bit smoother that they can gradually integrate the two of them on separately. But yeah, I'm a little bit superstitious when it comes to, to, to breaking up good chemistry and, and teams that are rolling because 
it's hard to display if they were both available tomorrow night or yeah for tomorrow night against the the Hornets then uh I'd I'd really struggle wanting to put the two of them in at the moment because we've got a good thing going so yeah I, I'm with Adam on that that yeah that you gotta have a loss or two before things change but at the end of the day we've we've said before Markel the Magic are better with Markel on the floor they're better with Wendell on the floor it's going to be interesting to see how this changes, how how this, how the defense changes, how the offense changes with the two of them back out on the floor. I think Wendell offensively being able to spread the floor is probably going to help us a little bit more as well. Help spread the floor for Paolo and Franz to to drive and get into the paint more. Um, my my biggest question mark is is Markel and and his floor spacing ability. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting thing. But again, he wasn't really rolling before he had the injury. It, the, the jump shot, the mid-range wasn't really there like we saw last season when he came back. Um, so again, it, it might be a blessing in disguise that the two of them have had a little bit of time to to rest up and, and get themselves healthy and hopefully get back on a roll. And and we've seen it takes time. Like Paolo and Franz, they started the season slowly and they, they're they're getting themselves going. Obviously, Franz had the big second half the other night. Paolo's getting his twenty point scoring nights again. It's um it's a good thing to see. And and like we always said, this team's rolling. We're doing really well. We're eleven and five, but there's still room for improvement. Um, so I think if we, if we get those two back, I think we can kick on even further. So it's going to be interesting. But and when, like you said, Mikey, like the. As far as Wendell goes, we don't know when Wendell's going to be back. It might not be till Christmas. So I, I wouldn't fret too much about the Wendell part. Yeah. Markel seems to be closer potentially, but I mean, Wendell, he, he could be out another month still. Yeah. But there's something I, sorry, Mike, you go. No, I was just going to say the, the reinforcements are there. And, we, and we've seen J.I. play the five, which is, again, you know, something I've been advocating for a little while. Um, and hopefully we can start to see J.I.'s minutes gradually increase it over in, into December as well. And, and he can take some of that playing time as well. What are we going to say, Paul? I wanted, I wanted to ask a question if we've got time. Go for it. Do we consider that Mo Wagner and Cole Anthony at this stage of the season are in the race for six man a year? <laughs> yes, absolutely. The, I think they're going under the radar. But how can they not be? How can they not be viewed in that race? Probably two of the top three, as far as well, guys coming off the bench. Well, the important thing is the Magic are winning games, and whilst they're winning games, those two have to be in the conversation. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? That if your team's doing well, players usually get rewarded. And and again, Paul, same same sort of conversation, Coach Mose. Yeah. Got to be top up there for candidate for coach of the year at the moment as well. But hey, we're only 16 games into the season. There's a long, long way to go yet. So, uh, right, let's take a quick look ahead to, to next week. So we're recording our next episode on Thursday, the 30th of November. Uh, the Magic play back-to-back -back on Friday and Saturday night next week. Um, and as you guys know, we like to record on non-game days. So the Magic play twice before then, starting with the Hornets on Sunday, which is 11 p.m. in the UK, 6 p.m. Eastern time against the Hornets, which are 5-9. and nine. They're 12th in the East. They've won two in a row 
they beat the Celtics in overtime by three points on Monday. And then Wednesday beat the Wizards by three. Um, they're going to have three days off before they play the Magic on, on Sunday night. So they're going to be well rested. And then on Wednesday, the Magic will host the Wizards, who are 2-13, and 13, 14th in the East. They've lost eight in a row. Uh, they played Detroit on Monday night before they got a day off before playing the Magic on Wednesday. So, predictions for the week. Two games. Adam, are we going to keep this winning streak going? I'm going 2-0, and oh, man. I got 2-0 yes, uh, in, in my prediction. It's going to be 2-0. Oh. Uh, this Charlotte game's going to be, like... I'd have severe alarms going off on the coaching staff from avoiding a letdown just because, you know, you, you've gone from winning against Denver and Boston to now you're going against these low, you know, these lower teams in our conference now. And, you know, there's this potential Steve Clifford revenge factor here too, a little bit. Uh, but as long as, as long as the, the team shows up ready for business, ready for work, they might need a little extra help from the crowd to to kind of boost them a little bit, just to keep that energy going. But I think two and zero, oh, like just just keep it rolling. Gary, you've got to want two and zero, oh, but I think the Hornets. I said it at the start of the season when they've got everybody there aren't as bad as people think they are, and I think you're seeing that now. Uh, Miles Bridges has found his feet. He's had a couple of big games for them. The Hornets game worries me a little bit, but you've got to you've got to say two and all, oh, given what's gone on. If it's not two and all, oh, I'm disappointed. But that's the one to watch. Hoff. <laughs> two and oh. Two and oh, man. Um, like Gary says, it's the Hornets game that concerns me. But I think that there will be a another incredible energy in the building on the basis of what we have been doing. The, the atmosphere in the Amway will help raise the team if they are having a struggle. Uh, Charlotte with a game where we broke our winning, our losing streak last season, got the first win of the season against Charlotte. Um, yeah, they've got some good players. No, we've we I think Gary and I were talking about them before the start of the season as being a team that perhaps could start moving up the league. They've won the last two. But no, I, I still think two and out. Close the home court out. Defend the kingdom. Kingdom on the rise. Yeah, two and out. Simple as that. Full house. There should be no questions this week. It's, uh, as Gary said earlier, punch him in the mouth and move on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that'll do for this week. Adam. Thank you for joining us, my friend. It was great to finally get you on. Uh, can you tell everyone where they can follow you and subs and subscribe to your podcast? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's been a great honor to to be on. Finally, you know, it's, I I really enjoy listening to, to to the show all the time. And um, yeah, you can find you can listen you can find the Penny and Pops podcast on any platform that you listen to your podcast and you can follow me on twitter or x whichever way you want to call it uh at papa giorgio mbo and uh yeah it's it, it's it's a good time to be a magic fan right now let it let it roll let it ride yeah absolutely well enjoy the orlando city game fingers crossed for yeah. another win there this afternoon uh we'd love to have you back on again some point later in the season to get your opinions on on how things are going 
and uh, thank you for joining us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe and give it a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us your comments, questions. We'll always try and, and respond to everybody. If you're listening to this episode, leave us a review and share with other Magic fans. It really helps us grow the show. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's what I'm calling it tonight. Or at underscore Let's Talk Magic. So thank you for listening and watching. So from Adam, Gary, Paul and myself, go magic.